Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Minister T, and this is the Bridge Network, and we are in our uh, Life Bible Study Series, Leadership Series, and um, we're going to jump in and get started uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to give a few more minutes. Uh, it's not quite 7.30 yet. And uh, we'll jump right in. So you'll hear a bit of silence, uh, and I'll be right back. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is Minister T again, and you're with the Bridge Network. And we are on our Monday night life Bible study series. Uh, We are in leadership. So we've been talking about leadership for uh, the past uh, couple of sessions here and uh, have been blessed by the Word of God. And uh, we're going to actually repeat what we had last week. Um, It didn't record well there at the end. And so we're going to uh, go for it again and try and um, and see how we can do. So uh, we're going to pray that all is well uh, when we end on tonight. Amen. Uh, again, the Bridge Network, uh, international, uh, and we are in Chicago, Illinois. Um, we are uh, worshiping over at the University Church 5655. South University uh, in the High Park area. So if you're ever in Chicago or you're in the area, I'd love to stop by and see us on Sundays at 1.30 for worship. And then, of course, we're always here, right here on Mondays at 7.30 p.m. And the number is 724-444-7444. The code is 135209. And uh, you can catch us in the morning. We have morning prayer calls at 6.30, Monday through Friday. And the number is 559-726-1000. And the code for that is 304-585. And you can catch us at 6.30, Monday through Friday. Amen. So we're glad to be with you on tonight. Glad that we're able to uh, share the word of God and to hear what God would have for us Uh, As I said, we've been talking about leadership and and really going and understanding our role 
as it relates to leaders and le- being a leader. Uh, so when we first uh, started out, we talked about a high calling and understanding that our calling, when we're called, that there are four biblical challenges uh, related to leadership, and one is commitment, conviction, competency and character. So we talked about that. You can always check that out on our archives. We've got it out there. You can listen to all our recordings. Uh, Then we talked about building a better board. So we talked about building a team and how we can get people to work together on a team and be able to to do the work that is called to do so that nobody's stressed, that everybody has a part and everybody can function together as we're supposed to, one body, so that we can keep the body healthy. Uh, And then we talked about four myths about leadership. And so we talked about how we hear about different things related to leadership, and we really went into those four myths. We talked about leaders must have all the right traits is a myth. Leaders is all about leaders. Leadership is all about leaders. And leadership, uh, leaders are heroes. And then church leaders have a gift of leadership. So we talked about those myths. And now on tonight. We are going to jump right in, and like I said, we're going to repeat this one. We talked about it last week. It was a very good uh, session, Um, but the title of it is, Am I Ready to Lead? That is the question. So when we're going through this, we want to keep that on your mind because at the end, we're going to really go through some assessment questions, and we're going to go through 10 questions to determine readiness. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I want you to be ready to turn to 1 Corinthians 9, Uh, verses 24 through 27. Again, that's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. But before I jump there, I was reading this book, and I like to read uh, different books about leadership and spiritual empowerment. And I have this book called Spiritual Leadership, and it's by J. Oswald Sanders. It talks about the principles of excellence for every believer. And so as I was uh, looking through that, there's a part in here, there's some uh, one section that I want to read, kind of just to build a foundation. So as we go through uh, these assessment questions, I'm going to have that kind of open so we can discuss it a little bit in more detail and really talk and be able to analyze if uh, we truly are ready for leadership. So, again, uh, make sure you have uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 ready, and we'll read that as soon as I finish reading this. these um, few pages from this book. I thought they were really good. The title of it is The Search for Leaders, um, and the introduction scriptures and the statement that's in this says, no one from the east or the west or from the d- desert can exalt man, but it is God who judges. He brings one down and he exalts another, and you'll find that in Psalms 75, verses 6 and 7. And then something uh, uh, per, uh, writer wrote, uh, George Liddell, he said, Give me a man of God, one man, one mighty prophet of the Lord, and I will give you peace on earth, brought with a prayer and not with a sword. Amen. I like that. That if we can just find one man, just give me one man of God, one person, one mighty prophet of the Lord, and there you will have peace. He says, and I will give you peace on earth. Amen. So let's look at this. It says here, real real leaders are in short supply. 
Constantly, people and groups search for them. A question echoes in every corner of the church. Who will lead? And throughout the Bible, God searches for leaders, too. The Lord has sought out a man for, from his, after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people. You'll see that in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 13, verse 14. And then it says, go up and down the streets of Jerusalem and look all around and consider. Search through her squares. If you can find one person who deals honestly and seeks truth, I will forgive this city, and you know that's Jeremiah 5 and 1. And here's one from Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. It says, I look for a man among them who would build up the wall. Amen. See, the Bible shows us that when God does find a person who is ready to lead, ready to com commit to full discipleship and take on responsibility for others, that person is used to the limit. He'll use you to the max. And such leaders still ha uh, have shortcomings and flaws. Yes, these leaders also have shortcomings and flaws. But dispute, despite those limitations, they serve God as spiritual leaders. Amen. That's my prayer, that I want to be a spiritual leader. Although I have shortcomings and I got flaws, yes, I got some limitations, but I desire to serve God as a spiritual leader, just like Moses, Gideon, and David. And in the history of the church, even Martin Luther, John Wesley, William Carey, and many others have done the same thing. To be a leader in the church has always required strength and faith beyond the merely average. It takes so much. It takes so much strength and faith to be a true, strong, believing leader. And why is our need for leaders so great? And candidates of, for leadership are so few. Every generation faces the stringent demands of spiritual leadership, and most unfortunately, many of them turn away. But God welcomes few who come forward to serve him. Amen. There, yeah, the, 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 there are many, 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 many out there that may have been chosen, but the laborers are few. The church is painfully, painfully in need of leaders, uh, says William uh, Sangster. He was a Methodist preacher. He says, I wait to hear a voice, and no voice comes. I would rather listen than speak, but... There is no clarion voice to listen to, my God. If the world is to hear the church's voice today, leaders are needed who are authoritative. Listen to this. Write this down. Leaders are needed who are authoritative, spiritual, and sacrificial. I'll say that again. Leaders if the world is to hear the voice of God, hear the church voice today, then our leaders have to be authoritative, spiritual, and sacrificial. So let's look at this. What, what does this mean? Tell me what this means. Authoritative. Well, authoritative because people desire reliable leaders 
who know where they're going and are confident of getting there, then that means people are desiring somebody that has some authority, somebody that has the ability to declare and decree, someone that has the ability to follow the vision that God has given, someone that has to have the ability to stand up front and go, stand up front so that other people can see uh, the lead. I always like to look at and I think about how uh, if you ever see a flock of birds when they're getting ready to fly and and they're getting ready to fly north and and they are beginning to uh, move from, you know, from one place to the other in their season, and you'll notice that uh, many times what they do is they create this formation, and I love the formation just to think of nature and how smart nature is. They create this formation almost like a a, 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 a V, and, and they create it like an arrow. And if you look at the formation, there is always that one bird that's in the lead. That one bird is in the lead, and then every other bird kind of stagnates and flows out. Well, the reason for the formation, if you didn't know, is that it helps them to fly and to get to where they need to go a little bit faster compared to one flying on its own with tire out. But when they get together and they fly in this formation, in this group, if you didn't know, the person that's in the lead takes most of the grunt because they are breaking through the wind. And so as that lead person, that lead bird is breaking through the wind, the others are now helping the flow of the air to go all the way back. So the person that's in the back end, that, that those are not persons, but those birds that are in the back end, they're the ones, they're kind of like floating. They, they're just kind of like soaring. They're going on because by that time the wind has broken and now the wind is underneath their wings, and all they got to do is kind of flow. Well, all of them don't do that. What happens is that everybody gets their turn, and if you've ever noticed that then the one from the back now shifts up and goes to the front, and then they all kind of stagger backwards, so everybody gets an opportunity to be the lead. Everybody gets an opportunity to, to, to work a little bit harder so that somebody else on the back end can get a little rest. Now, amazingly, that is how uh, the body of Christ should be. The body of Christ should be that we have some authoritative figures, some people that take the lead, but also to the point that eventually some of those folks that's in the back will get strong enough to now take the lead so that the person that's taking the lead in the front now can kind of step back a little bit, be right behind that person, be okay with that and let them take the lead. And that is the way the body of Christ should be, is that we all should be working together so that we get to the destination with ease. That is what God wants. So Again, the body of Christ and the and the church needs a voice that is authoritative because people desire reliable leaders who know where they're going and that are confident of getting there. I think that is so important that we we got to know where we're going and also we got to be confident. You know, if we're not confident and and we're telling trying to lead people to tell them where we're going and we we kind of like swaying back and forth with that and really we're showing that we're not confident, it makes it very hard for them to, uh for people to follow us. So again, authoritative. The next one is spiritual. Spiritual, we need spiritual leaders because without a strong relationship to God, even the most attractive, incompetent person 
cannot lead people to God. See, you can look pretty. You can put on the best-looking robe. You can wear alligator shoes. Uh, you can actually be very confident and have your Ph.D. and have all of the studies, and you could have studied all the books and went to the great universities of Paris and all this other stuff. And, and you can sing and you can hoop and you can do all of this, but there is one thing that you must have in order to be a great leader, and that is to be spiritual. You must have a strong relationship to God because it's not by your looks, it's not even by your eloquent words, but it is the strong relationship to God. Why? Because there will be times in rough and times of rough tribulations because you're a leader. There will be attacks upon you because you're a leader, and you have to have a spiritual life with God. In order to be able to lead God's people, in order to be confident, in order to stand the trials and, and the tribulations, in order to, to deal with the, the principalities and the spiritual wickedness, because you are up in the front and you are the one that has to battle. So you must have a strong relationship with God. Without a strong relationship with God, it makes it so, so very hard to lead. In fact, you cannot lead if you do not have a strong relationship with God. And then the very last thing, the very last thing is sacrificial, that in order for the church to hear the voice, there must be leaders that are sacrificial because sacrificial, this is a trait that follows the model of Jesus who gave himself for the whole world and who calls us to follow his own steps. So we must be sacrificial. We must carry our own cross. We must be sacrificial and not selfish. It is You cannot be a strong and spiritual leader if you are not sacrificial. That means that there are times when you don't want to go when you got to go. There are times when you want to sleep in, but you got to go out. There are times when you don't want to wake up, but you got to answer that call in prayer. There are times when you got to travail, when you might not feel like it, but you still got to go. There are times when you have to sacrifice even your own finances, even the, your own possessions. Sometimes we have to sacrifice as leaders in order to be the strong leaders that we need to be in order to work in the, and do the work of the kingdom of God. We have to do just as Christ did, that he gave his life. He gave his life that we may have eternal life. So the littlest we can do is to give our lives, to give our time, to give our talents, to give our treasures unto uh, unto the people that come across our way. So as a strong leader, the church is looking for some leaders that are sacrificial and not some leaders that's just trying to make make some, make, make some stuff for themselves. The church is looking for somebody that's sacrificial, somebody that is willing to go all out and, and not be trying to, uh, to fill their pockets. Somebody, people are looking for a church that's sacrificial, that has true, sincere, and a genuine heart that will give Unto the Lord, and so we have to then also follow the steps of of Christ. Is that He was sacrificial? He was out giving. He wasn't taking. He was out giving. Everywhere He go, everywhere He went, He gave. He went giving 
he gave. He gave his love. He gave his. He gave his father's uh, word. He continually gave. He never took. He always gave, and that's what God is looking for us to do as leaders: is to give. The churches, church, uh, churches grow in every way when they are guided by strong and spiritual leaders with the touch of supernatural radiating in their service. I love that. That a church will grow. Amen. Church will grow uh, in every way when it is guided and, and, and it is led by strong and supernatural leaders. I like the word supernatural, not just natural leaders, because as a natural leader, we could become so rehearsed in what we do. Uh, become so rehearsed in what we say because uh, we, we can get to the point that, yeah, we can study really good and we can know the word, but if we do not tap into the spirit of God so that when we tap in it, not only would, that we know what we study, but that we can hear the voice of God as he sends us a fax uh, uh, for somebody that might be in the room that we didn't even know was going to be in the room uh, when we were studying, but yet we can hear the voice of God and hear God speaking to us. And so uh, it's important that we are also sac- uh, have a uh, supernatural spirit as uh, leaders so that we can lead strongly. See, the church uh, sinks into confusion uh, without such leadership. Today, those who preach with uh, majesty and spiritual power are few. There are few, and the booming voice of the church has become, uh, uh, as the writer says, a pathetic, uh, pathetic whisper. My God, leaders today. So that means that although you might hear the the screaming, the hollering, the shouting, and all of that, uh, that doesn't mean that that is the the that is the the sounds of heaven. That doesn't mean that it's supernatural. It may just may mean that it's just entertainment. Mm. My goodness, leaders today, those who are truly supernatural, must take to heart their responsibility to pass on the church torch to younger people for as a first line of duty. I love that. That as a supernatural and a spiritual leader, a true spiritual leader, we are not trying to hold on to this thing for the rest of our life. But it is our responsibility to train up, to take the heart of responsibility to make sure that we are passing the torch to younger people as a first line of duty. That should be our first thing, that anything we do, it should be in our thought processes that we are taking under the wings those that can carry the torch and continue to move forward. And many times we get in churches that are so stagnant, many times we get in so many places that we're so caught up in our position and so caught up in our leadership that we forget or we don't want to. We become what? Selfish, not sacrificial, that we understand that we're in this place of leadership, not just for ourselves. And in fact, it is not for us. We are in place of leadership that the Lord can speak to us supernaturally to give a word 
word to give somebody else that is to be groomed, to be placed in the position to then be in where we are so that they can then receive a supernatural word from God to then be groomed to pass the torch and carry it on to somebody that's underneath him. That's what God has called us to do as strong leaders is that one of our parts, one of our important components that has to be developed is to pass on the torch to younger people, pass on the torch. And many times our churches are dying because, uh, and our ministries are dying because we don't have that torch being passed. We're not passing that torch. We're we're not passing it on. We're not grooming that next level. And many times, and that's why we must be supernatural, because we need to hear the voice of God in order to to communicate with the next generation, because the thinkings that we have are not the thinkings that they have, which means that there has to be a spiritual word on high to speak their language so that they can hear the voice of God. And so that is part of our leadership, to be strong in leadership, to pass the torch. And many people regard leaders as naturally gifted with intellect and personal forcefulness and enthusiasm. And such qualities certainly enhance leadership potential, but they do not define the spiritual leader. Now, we're talking about a spiritual leader. Yes, you may be gifted, With intellect, you may be smart as a whip. You may uh, have an IQ that's out of this world. You may have a uh, a personable forceness, and you may have enthusiasm. You may have energy, but if you do not embrace the qualities and and your qualities of leadership are not enhanced to be spiritual, then you cannot define yourself as a spiritual leader. True leaders must be willing to suffer for the sake of objectives great enough to demand their wholehearted obedience. That means that a true leader must be willing to suffer whatever objectives, must be willing to say, not my will, but your will be done. And many times that is hard, but it is a great demand of great importance that we wholeheartedly are obedient unto the voice of God. Spiritual leaders, they're not elected, appointed, or created by church assemblies. Let me say that again, spiritual leaders. Now, we got some leaders. You know, sometimes people pick you as leader, and they'll pick you and say, well, I, I, you know, I'm going to nominate you to be in this position because I see you got a skill to do this and do that. I'm talking about spiritual leaders. Spiritual leaders are not elected, appointed, or created by church assemblies. No matter how you put it, They cannot appoint you, elect you, or create you. The only person that can create, elect, and appoint a spiritual leader because the man does not give you the spirit, it comes from God, which means a spiritual leader then is elected, appointed, and created only by God. So God alone makes them. One does not become a spiritual leader by merely filling in an office. 
or taking a, a course of work or, or, or taking a, a study or becoming a, a, a doctor in theology or resolving even a one's own will to do this task just because you decide that, okay, this, you know, I'm going to just go and do this because I think I'm a good leader and I've taken some classes and, oh, I can fill this office, that, that puts you in a place of spiritual leader. No, that puts you in a place of leader because you may be a great leader. But the question is on tonight, am I a spiritual leader? A person must qualify to be a spiritual leader. My God, a person must qualify. Well, who qualifies? God does. And how can you tell from the anointing of God? You can tell the anointing of God is upon a spiritual leader. So often, uh, truly authoritative leadership falls on someone who's whose years earlier dedicated themselves to practice the discipline of seeking first the kingdom of God. So many times you will find spiritual leaders that, yes, have maybe been in uh, leadership positions, have uh, been in positions of some type of authority, not necessarily uh, a strong leadership or uh, uh, in the head of something, but has for years been dedicated to the practice of disciplining just first, seeking the first seeking the kingdom of God. That's when you find your spiritual leaders. Those that have been in the game a long time, but they may have been in the back row doing the will of God. They may have been the ones that's been in the kitchen. Those may have been the ones that have been on the food line. Those may have been the ones that have been out and given a word on the street corner. Those individuals, not necessarily what they got a title, but yet they have been on the firing line. They have been on the line first seeking the kingdom of God. These are the leaders that we're talking about today. These are the spiritual leaders that when God appoints them, anoints them, creates them, and brings them up, no other man can say nay. Then, as that person matures, God confers a leadership role. Listen to that, that when that person matures. So the question is, you know, maybe God is still grooming me on some stuff, but he's maturing me. And as God then uh, grooms this person, God confers a leadership role, transfers a leadership role, and the Spirit of God goes to work through them. Amen. So many times, sometimes we think, and we even question ourselves. I have. I've questioned myself about leadership, and I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't know about this leadership thing. I don't know, you know, am I being effective? Am I and I had to recognize that as long as I continue to seek first the kingdom of God, it's, it's not about me and it's not about how things are going, but seeking first the kingdom of God so that I become a spiritual leader, to hear the spirit of the Lord, to hear what says thus the Lord, to be obedient unto his word. So as he begins, as I begin to mature, all of a sudden now God begins to confer things, begins to begin to transfer another level of leadership role, and then the spirit of God begins to work through you. Why? Because now you're open. 
You're open for the Lord to work through you. You 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 have a, a spirit of authoritativeness. You are have a spirit of uh, a spiritual uh, leadership now role, and also you have a spirit of sacrifice, which means that you're saying, Lord, not me. it ain't got nothing to do with me. Whatever you say, I'll do. And that is when the Holy Spirit can begin to look uh, and work through you. And when a person with the Holy Spirit has this and, and calls him or her, then uh, he calls him or her into a special ministry. And I like that. If you look at in your reading, if you get a chance to look at Acts 9, uh, Chapter 7, and then also Acts 22 and Chapter 21, and you'll recognize that God begins to work through the Holy Spirit. And, that, and all the disciples begin to have special ministries. As he sent them out, they they had special ministries. Each single one of them had people to witness to, and it was through their ministry that they were to uh, lead the people of God. And the, it was it wasn't their will. In fact, if you recall, when and Jesus died. And he goes away after he's been with him. He goes away, and he says that I, I will sp- send my spirit upon you. You know, before then, they was just in the room praying because they they didn't they didn't they didn't have no power. They just was in the room praying. But what what was the key thing? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So they were in the upper room, and they were just praying. They were seeking God, saying, you know, what are we going to do? He gone. Uh, you know, we 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 feel powerless. How are we going to, you know, are we going to hide out here? Because, you know, are we going to be afraid? Because everybody, they kill him, now they're going to try to kill us. You know, so all of these things were going on. But yet God had called them to a spiritual role. He had been taking them through uh, the, the, the three years that he was on earth, he uh three years of his ministry uh he, he was taking them through he was training them he was teaching them he was passing the torch uh he was being the leader and the role model so that they could see so even to the point that even though that they may not believed why he was here some of them were kind of like wishy-washy with that uh we know for a fact down thomas you know Don thomas walked with him but yet and still when they say thomas he's alive he's risen and thomas was like no nah, I ain't believing that. No, y'all just y'all tripping. Y'all y'all done seen ghosts or something. And it was until Thomas was able to see God and to be able to see and 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 feel the impressions of the crucifixion that then Thomas believed. And so many times as leaders, yes, we can be in different stages of leadership and still have a little bit of doubt about this situation, but. Uh, through this leadership and through and and through uh, God passing uh, Jesus passing the torch unto them, they were in training. They were going through a process of training. Yeah, they were leaders, but they weren't the spiritual strong spiritual leaders until the Holy Spirit came. When the Holy Spirit came and they began to speak in all kinds of different languages and begin and, and people from all different languages begin to understand them. And they ain't went to no Bible study. They ain't went to no uh, no uh, uh, no theologian school and none to learn no other languages. The Holy Spirit came, and when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they started to. 
began to preach and declare the word of God. And, and on that day, many thousands were saved because they heard the word and they heard the word in their own language. Amen. And so that's what God uh, uh, prepares for us as a leader. And so we have to pray for the Holy Spirit that as leaders, we should be trying every day to pray that the Spirit of God be with us, that the, the, the Holy Spirit would come upon us so that we would begin to operate in our special ministry, that God has called each one of us for a particular thing. And as we, we're going to go into um, – we're going to go into our study, uh, and I want to welcome everybody on the call. Uh, hey, Ms. Valerie, I'm glad you're on the call uh, with us. Amen. And so as we um, as we go into this assessment, we're going to really uh, look at uh, this assessment that's uh, entitled, um, Am I Ready to Leave? We're going to kind of uh, go into that, and I'm going to open up the lines just in a few minutes as we go through these. It's It's about 10 of them. So I'm going to try to get through them uh, and try to get them all done uh, tonight, and we're just going to go through the assessment. But uh, as we're looking at this and we're just talking about, and I'm going to kind of close this up, the book says that God wants to show such people how strong he really is. And that's 2 Corinthians, uh, uh, 2 Chronicles, uh, chapter 16 and 9, that God wants to 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 begin to show others uh, his strength through his leaders, but not all who aspire to leadership are willing to pay such a high personal price. There is a sacrifice, and, and many people want the title, but they don't want to do the work that come along with the title. And so there is a price that has to be paid. There is a sacrifice that has to be paid. So on tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move on into this. Uh, I mentioned that uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians 9, uh, chapter chapter 9, verse 24 and 27. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to do our assessment questions. It says uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, it says, Remember? that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize you must you also must run in such a way that you will win all athletes practice strict self control they do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for a eternal prize. So, uh, amen. So that, that I'm supposed to stop right there in 20, no, keep going. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I am not like a boxer who misses his punches. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Amen. So on tonight, there are 10 questions, 10 questions that I'm going to go through, and then I'm going to kind of open it up. If you want to make a comment, then great. If not, if you have a piece of paper. If you have a piece of paper, if not, that's okay. But if you have a piece of paper, I need you to get a piece of paper and a pen. And on this piece of paper, what I want you to do is I basically want you to create like maybe two columns. The first column, you're going to uh, put 
on the first column, this is true for me. This is true for me. That's the first column. This is true for me. Then in the second column, you're going to put, I am working on this. The second one is, I am working on this. So you should have two columns. One column is, this is true for me. And the second column is, I am working on this. So now we're going to go through these questions. I'm going to make these statements. They're kind of like statement questions, and they're going to give some kind of like examples to give you an idea of what the question means. But the idea is that you're supposed to assess this to determine if you're ready to be a leader or not, and you need to check. When I read each question, you need to check your column uh, if this is true for me or am I, am I working on this. So here's the first one. And, and I'll, take an, I'll take the example so I can give you an example of what we're talking about. So here's the first question. The first one is, number one, have I led in the past? So that's a question. Have I led in the past? So think about if you've led in the past. Now, here's the statement. This is an example that they're giving. It says, the best predictor of the future is the past. When I was in business, I took note of any worker who told me he was a superintendent of a Sunday school or a deacon in his church. If he showed leadership outside of the job, I wanted to find out if he had leadership potential on the job. Amen. So the question is, is this true of me, that when I'm on the job, just like I'm in church, when I'm on the job or wherever I go, maybe it's in my home, although I may carry a a title in the church, but does my leadership show up on my job or wherever I go? So the question is, in this statement, does my past reflect and show my present that will project my future. Now, so the question is, is this true of me, that I'm actually what I say I am, both in church and out of church, both on the job and off the job, and all, or am I working on this? So, uh, you know, for me, I believe I, I, this is true of me. I, I, I just believe that it is important that the image of God must be portrayed everywhere we go, not just in church. Uh, and, and for me personally, I want to be a person that's not wishy-washy. I want to be a person that's almost uh, pretty much predictable so that then if somebody says something about me and says, oh, she said this or she did that, that somebody can speak up to me and say, no, no, Miss T didn't do that. Miss C didn't say that. My prayer is is that uh, in my weakness, even in my weaknesses, but my prayer is that I have a consistency that whatever I'm preaching that that's in the church or preaching that's, that's in a spiritual level, that I'm also having that same voice of spirituality wherever I go, be it on the job, uh, be it in the grocery store, wherever I on the street, that I have the same voice, that I have the same language, and I'm not saying one thing and then I do another thing on the outside. Amen. So I'm going to open it up right now. If there's anybody that wants to comment on that, the question is, is this true of you or are you working on this? This is uh, Minister Eunice. 
uh, I would have to say uh, this is true of me. Uh, I always want to be able to reflect on when people look at me to see me being consistent. And so mm-hmm. I would have to say that I've always or I've always portrayed or made it a part of me, a part of who I am uh, to, to leave not only in the past, but I wanted people to, to not uh, uh, waver or be confused about me as a leader or me as a follower. So I came up in a, a Baptist church, and so I always had people that I could look up to. So they were my, my role models. They were the ones that I used to kind of, uh, 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 give me a, a measure of where I needed to be, and so with me coming up under that 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 type of uh, uh, of foundation and, and structure, uh, those people that I watched were definitely role models, and I saw them uh, not change. Whatever they did at church, I saw them do on a personal level at home and at different functions, and so I prided myself on being consistent as well. That when people looked at me, they didn't have to. Uh, decide or, or, or second guess who I was, the nature of who I was, and who I represented in Christ. So I will have to Amen. Me. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And and those that are online, if you're actually online, you're not on uh, Voices, I got my screen up. So if you want to make a comment or something, I'll read it if you want to make a comment. We're going to move on to the next one uh, and uh, look at what else. So the second question is, get ready for your columns, to check off your columns. The second question is, can I catch the vision? The second question is, can I catch the vision? And, and here's the statement. The statement is, the founder of Jefferson Standard built a successful insurance company from scratch. He assembled some of the greatest insurance people by simply asking, why don't you come and help me build something great? A leader feels the thrill of the challenge. So the question is, is this true of me or am I working on this? Meaning that catch the vision, that you're able to take something that's from scratch and you're able to go out and, and to assemble some people and say, hey, you know, jump on board. Let's do this thing. Let's build this thing. Let's make it great. And to be able to take that leadership and you feel the thrill of the challenge because it is a challenge when you when you create something from scratch. You know, many times we see people that want to be in leadership but they can't do it from the ground level. They got to do it where it's already kind of flowing. It's already established because then they can step into the role. But there takes a uniqueness to be a spiritual. Know that I said spiritual because you could be a leader, but to be a spiritual leader because of the challenges that it takes, especially when you grab something from scratch. And we are living witness that when you take something from scratch, something that has has not been built up by somebody else, something that is ground level, something that just has the foundation of God and that you are erecting then the structure around it and what God is saying and, and that thing takes a time to build, that things take time to 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 put up the beam, the beams, just like in a building, you know. Uh, I've heard Bishop Jakes talk about when, it, when they built the building and showing that they laid the foundation, that they first had to lay the foundation, that solid foundation. They laid that foundation, and then they had to put up the beams. Before they even put up the walls, in order for the walls to hold up, there had to be beams. And so they had to put these, these, these strong beams and structure these strict beams before they could then do the walls and put all the other stuff in. And the same thing is, 
is with God and when he calls leaders, and especially when he calls us to ministry. And we got to start from scratch, that we start with the foundation. And there, and, and see, the thing is, the beams are those solid, those structures that didn't hold the walls up, because what happens is it's the, the beam that forms the structure. And then that, that's what God calls those spiritual leaders to be those beams, because then you hold up the walls, because you'll get other people come, and they can kind of carry their own wall, you know, but as long as they got a beam to lean against. And so God calls us to do the same thing. So the question is, as a leader, are, and you, are you ready to catch the vision, and are you ready to carry the vision? So is this true of me, or am I working on it? If you don't want to comment, that's fine. Uh, we'll keep going. But just something that you can think about. Amen. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, um, I would have to say for me, that's true of me. And as you were saying, starting from, from, from the uh, foundation, I remember when the Lord spoke to me, the, uh, the ministry to Lita Kumi. And so I knew it was a lead of God, and I knew it was strictly him, because even when he gave me the name, it, it was almost as if it was fallen to me, even though I had read Mark before. So, uh, and, and I understand that that whole foundation and, and being the pillar and being able to to to, uh, uh, to branch out, and so for me, I would say that that is a, a part of me being able to just step in. Amen. Amen. Okay, number three. Number three, the question is, do I look for a better way? Hmm. Do I look for a better way? Here's a statement. If someone says, there's got to be a better way to do this, I ask, have you thought about what that better way might be? And if he says no, he is being critical, not constructive. If he says yes, he's challenged by a constructive spirit of discontentment. That's the kind of creative itch inherent in a leader. So the question is, is this true of me or am I working on it? Sometimes we get to a place and we're in a situation where it seems to be a roadblock. And the question is, you know, have I thought about a, a better way? Uh, is there a better way to do this? As a constructive and creative and inherent leader, a strong leader, one that has a, has a, a spirit of discontentment, meaning that, you know what, this thing just ain't working. It just ain't working. But not that, not that I'm going to give up and say, oh, forget it. But have I thought of a better way? Is there another way to do this? Is there, and, and not just to say, well, no, it's not going to work. But am I a leader in a place that says, you know what, it don't work this way. But how about we try it this way? Or how about we look at it this way? And that is the strength of a leader, a, a constructive leader, a creative leader uh, that is inherent that they're not satisfied. They're not satisfied to settle. But when they know that they hear the word of God, that they're going to find a way to make that thing work. So this is true of me or I'm working on it. I believe for me it's true of me that I, I, if, I, if I've heard from God, there's got to be a way because he wouldn't have said it. 
He wouldn't have gave it. If I've heard from God, there's got to be a way, and I know that he's going to give the way. So the thing is, when a roadblock comes, are you a true leader to say, okay, I got a roadblock, but hold on, let me get on my knee, let me go in prayer, because God has another way. So do we look at it for do we look for better ways, or do we just decide to throw up our hands and say, okay, that's it, oh, well, I tried. Hmm. True leadership. Am I ready to lead? Amen. Again, jump in if you want to make comment. If not, I'm going to just keep on rolling. Amen. I think that's uh, true of me. I have that creative juices, so I always figure if one way didn't work, it's another way. And so I'm one of those that don't want to give up. You know, I, I have that creative juices, and I've always want us to try another way. It's like if that way didn't work, then it has to be another way around. If it's a if it's a a, 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 a way in, it has to be a way out. <laughs> if there's an up, there's a bottom. So I, by me having that creative juices of always trying to make it work and always trying to do things in excellence, so I would have to say that's definitely me. Amen. Praise the Lord. And Ms. Valerie says in the other, the previous one um, that uh, talks about uh, the past and, 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 and being the leader in the past, that she also, uh, the same thing, she agrees as well, is that uh, she's been extremely excited about the challenges uh, involved with, uh, vision, with the vision. And, and then also she's saying that she still is still currently, she's still currently, he's working on her. Amen. And then the other statement that you just made, the same, that, you know, she has a passion, you know, has a passion, looking for a better way. And we know that there is a better way, especially when God calls us into uh, ministry and we hear his voice, that we know that when we get roadblocks, because we're going to get some roadblocks, uh, that's, that's the, uh, the, 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 the purpose of the, uh, the adversary is to throw roadblocks at our way because he don't want us to get to where we're supposed to do. We, we're supposed be in the land of promise. And so he's going to try to throw roadblocks through people, through situations. You know, he's going to get really personal with it. But the thing is, we got to be able to have this uh, a spirit of discontentment, a spirit that says, you know what, I'm not going to give up because God said so, and so I say so, Amen. And so we have to be in that place. Here's the here's the uh, here's the uh, fourth one. Are my ideas practical? Are my ideas practical? Highly original people are often not highly original people are often not good leaders because they are unable to judge their output. They need somebody to say this will work or this won't. Leaders seem to be able to identify with ideas which which ideas are practical and which are not. Amen. So the question is, are my ideas practical? So that then the ideas that I have, do it make sense? Are they practical or am I just really highly original but not necessarily to the point that I make good judgments or I have the expectation of certain things that are not practical? Leaders seem to be able to identify which ideas are practical and which are not. The question is, is this true? Am I able to identify things that are practical and things that are not? Or is the Lord working on me on this? I'm, you know, I can't, I'm not going to say I'm between. I think my ideas are practical or the the ideas that he gives me. 
it's the seasons of understanding when things are supposed to happen. And that's where he's working on me with, to be able to identify the seasons because the ideas may be practical, but the timing might not. And, I, and I've heard people where they say, oh, I'm going to get this, I'm going to do this. and that. But the question is, although the idea is practical, is the timing right? You know, when God says, you're going to have that, you're going to do that, does that mean that all that's happening in the next hour? Or is it the timing and understanding the timing that there is a season, amen? There is a season for everything. And so understand the time. So I, I believe that in, in that place that I understand, yes, my ideas are practical, but uh, the timing of really understanding the patience to wait on God and to understand that in due season, oh, we shall reap uh, what we have sown. Amen. Any comments? Amen. Praise the Lord. Here's number five. Number five. And Minister Valerie says, I agree. Amen. Number five, do I take responsibility? Mm. Do I take responsibility? Here's the statement. After a, a very long day, I walk out of the plant and pass the porter who says, Mr. Smith, I sure wish I had your pay. But I don't want your worry. He wanted to be able to drop his responsibility when he walked out of the door. And that's understandable. But that is not the trait in potential leaders. Amen. So the question is, do I take responsibility? Again, it comes to that place of sacrifice. That yes, I'm, I hold the title. Well, there's a lot of holding that title, which means that it's not a nine to five where you do you punch that clock and then you gone and you done. When God calls you to leadership and He calls you to a level of leadership. That's really a 24-hour thing that you're always so always supposed to be ready. Amen. And so uh, that responsibility in understanding the responsibility is that you know I don't I can't drop this at the door. You know that you I got I'm carrying you know like this this thing here. It says that you know the worker he works at the plant he and he and he's in leadership, but the other person is saying you know what I don't want your position because when it's time to punch out that's it. I'm not on the clock no more. I ain't, I ain't got no page on me. So if they need me to come back in, then I got to come back in. He's And so the question is, and some are in a place that they're not really ready for leadership because there is a sacrifice that's required, that when a call comes through and somebody says, hey, I, I, I need you to pray for me. I need, you know, I need, I'm thinking about committing suicide or something like that, that you don't say, oh, okay, well, let me catch you in the morning. I, you know, I'll throw up a prayer for you. No, 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 no. As a, a spiritual leader and one that is truly called uh, uh, to leadership, and, and we're talking about that that spiritual leader now, not just a regular leader, but that spiritual leader that understands that the calling is not my will but your will, and that if somebody's calling you and somebody's calling you and needs to, that God has directed them to you, and that it is your responsibility then to give a word on high, to give to hear the 
the voice of God to speak into that person's life, to save their life. And so we have to understand that although we may have titles and although we may be in a place of leadership, that we always got to be ready and willing and to recognize that this is a 24-hour thing, that whenever God calls us, it says present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, because it's our reasonable service. It's not something out of the way. God has called us. God has chosen us. And so in that place of leadership, this thing is a 24-hour thing that we're supposed to always be ready so that God, when God sends somebody our way, we are ready to take on that responsibility. Amen. And that is the trait of not only a potential leader, but a true spiritual leader. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to keep going. Let's do some more comments. Keep going to number six. Number six, it says, number six, will I finish the job? Hmm. Will I finish the job? Here's the statement. The person who grabs hold of a problem and won't let go till it's solved has leadership potential. This quality is critical in leaders, for there will be times when nothing but one's iron will says, keep going, amen, I am so, so there, I'm so there, I don't know about you, but I am so there. The, the thing that say, you know, I got to have an iron will that when, it, when it's hard to push, when it's hard to, to move forward, but it is critical for a true spiritual leader to have, I like what it says, an iron will. Not one of them straw wheels, a straw, like uh, uh, those wheels that break, <laughs> but a wheel, a W-I-L-L, a iron wheel, which means that that's a strong wheel, which means that it can't be bent and it can't be broken. Uh, it can't be swayed. It's a strong wheel that says, I'm going to finish this. And, and that, 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 that is where we must run to endure, that we must run the race that God has given us and that we must finish it to the end, not to turn back, not to look sideways, but to be focused on what God has called us to do and to have a strong will that no matter what, that, that is the thing, that no matter what, I'll keep going, that no matter what, I'll keep going. And to have that the, in your spirit, to be able to say, I'm going to finish this job, I'm going to finish this assignment, whatever God told me to do, I'm going to do it. No matter if don't nobody else go with me, I'm going to do it. No matter if nobody else believe in me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep pushing. And having that ironclad uh, wheel is definitely uh, a person that has that leadership potential or ha is considered a spiritual leader. Amen. So is that me or or is he working on me? Is that me or is he working on me? Amen. Amen. Number seven, I am mentally tough. I am, I'm mean, sorry, am I mentally tough? Am I mentally tough? Statement, no one can lead without being criticized or without facing discouragement. A potential leader needs mental toughness. And I don't want a mean leader, but I want a tough-minded leader who sees things as they are and is willing to pay the price. Is that me, or, am I, or is he working on me with that? Talking about am I mentally tough, you know that the adversary wants to attack your mind. 
just want to think you want to tell you, you know, you crazy do all this stuff. You get, you get, it ain't going to happen. And attacks your mind, attacks your process of thinking, attacks your mind uh, to have you to want to give up, to have you to feel like you're defeated, that the enemy will attack your mind. He's going to throw all kinds of discouragement your way, all kinds of craziness your way, because you were born to lead. And I always tell people, I know, you know when you're on the right track. Oh, you know when God truly has called you because the adversary is going to try to stop you. See, he not stopping nobody that's on his side. Uh, you know, you doing whatever uh, kind of stuff, dirt that he wants you to do, he he going to let you flow in that. He's going to let you flow. He ain't going to bother you. And sometimes other people look and say, wow, look at all the stuff they got and all that. And they don't never get in trouble. And they don't oh, you better believe. It, it, he not bothering them. But you better believe that whatever you sow, you will reap. And he, for those that he does attack their mind and, that, and he's always challenging them, that means that you are a leader. That means that God is calling you to something. That means that God has something laid up for you, and the adversary don't want you to get to it. And that's what you got to remember. You got to hold on to that. I got to be mentally tough with this thing because I know he's he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to destroy me. He's trying to kill me. He's trying to make me give up on this thing that's right around the corner. He's trying to 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 blind me so that I truly cannot see. He's trying to distract me and put all kinds of other stuff in my head. And so the thing is, you've got to be a tough uh, person to even have the potential to become a tough leader, and you got to be willing to pay the price. you got to be willing to say, you know what, I'm just going to go with God. You know, I can't see it. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what it's going to do, but I'm going to just pay the price on this one. I'm just going to go. And so we got to be mentally tough in order to do that. So the question is on tonight is, am I mentally tough to be a leader? Is this me or if God is, or is God working on me? Amen. Number eight. I have I earned peer respect. Have I earned peer respect? Here's the statement. Trammel Trammel Crow, a successful real estate broker, looks for people whose associates want them to succeed. It's tough enough to succeed when everybody else wants you to succeed, he says. People who don't want you to succeed are like weights in your running shoes. Amen. So have I earned peer respect? A lot of times it's very challenging. It's very challenging. And it makes it harder for you to run when you have other people that want to to bring you down. And it is in, in, in the grooming that the Lord gives you the leadership in the grooming, the spiritual leadership, that then your peers also respect you. They may not necessarily like what you're saying, but they respect you to the point that they're not weighing you down. They're not pulling you down. They're not saying, oh, you ain't nothing, you, you ain't, but that you have a, a way about you uh, that your peers uh, respect you uh, and, and, and at least hear what you have to say. Uh, and we can use Jesus as an example. That there were many people that didn't like him. They didn't like what he was doing. But yet his peers respected him. His peers reverenced him. And, and it was the way he carried himself, that he spoke the truth. He spoke the word of God. And he did it in a very soft and meek way. 
that he wasn't hollering, screaming, and all of that. He did it in a very soft and meek way, but he was very authoritative about what he said. He said what he said, and it was so. And so the same thing is with with God working on us, that as we we begin to walk, that we're not abusive with our language and, and that we're willing to be people that listen, not not always trying to control and always to have our own personal opinions about things, but be having an open mind and be willing to listen so that we gain the respect. So that when we gain the respect and we do say the, some say things that are spiritual, that our peers are respective of it and they hear it. So the question on tonight is: Have I earned? And, and notice that the word says earned. That it, sometimes this this thing takes a process. That it takes a little some trials and tribulations. It takes a little bit of history because then people can be able to see who you really are. And so that comes in a process of earning respect because they see that you're sacrificing. They see that you're giving. They see that you're going all out the way. They see that you're consistent, that you're not changing from one uh, one face to the other. You're not heckling. Then one day you you uh, heckle and what's it, heckle and glide to that, that you are uh, not flip and wish wash. But you are consistent that whatever you say, you say, and whatever you do, you do, and you're consistent with that. That earns the respect that over a period of time, your peers can say, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that she's true, or yeah, he's true. So are you there yet, or is he working on you? Number nine, I got two more and I'll be done. Number nine, does my family respect me? Whoa, that's one right there. Does my family respect me? Amen. Does my family respect me? Here we go. And this is number nine. My daughter once told me one thing I appreciate is that after you speak and I walk up, you are always attentive to me. You seem proud of me. That meant a lot to me. A family's feelings toward someone revealed much about his or her potential lead. Amen. So does my family respect? I think this is so important that, you know, and it kind of goes back to that thing of are you the same on the job as you are at home kind of situation? Are you the same at church uh, as you are, uh, you know, at the house? Um, That your family respects you. That even when you say a word, and they might not necessarily agree, and they may not want to always be around you because they may feel that you're too spiritual or they may feel that you you too much but yet you say what you mean and you mean what you say and you say and you step out on God's word but yet uh, no matter what you do not degrade them you do not put them down you encourage them and so to that point that they see you and and you're able to say you know what yes we go through some things but to be able to encourage our family and to that point that we build up a leadership inside of us that although uh, they may not come to us in the times that we think that they may need us, but then they're watching, they're looking. And though there may be some times where they may come and say, you know what, you know what, mom, auntie, cousin, you know, friend, I, I need you to pray for me. 
And they may have never asked you, never said anything, but it is because of your leadership. It is because of the image in your past that you carried over a period of time that these people can respect you, which means they truly uh, respect your opinion. They truly respect you to the point that they believe enough that when you pray, I know I know, I know that I know. They respect you to the point and, and have belief in you that God hears your cry and, and to have the respect that even to the point that, you know, they may be doing some, like, wayward stuff, but they'll kind of, like, calm it down when you show up out of respect, you know. And that, that shows true leadership that one can have when uh, a family and even friends uh, respect. I know on the job, a lot of times, you know, on my job, they, they do a lot of cursing and all that other kind of stuff. But when I'm around, I notice that they minimalize it or either they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, T, you know, and it's like, hey, I, I just blow it off, you know, and and because and, I understand that, you know, some things come in practice that the more, you know, if you practice more cursing all the time, you it's just going to automatically come out. But if you, you uh, come into practice of not doing that, then it, it may come out sometime, but it may not come out, you know, as frequently. And so I understand that. And so I don't condemn people for that. Uh, you know, uh, I just say, okay, you know, uh, you, you know, I just pass it on by, say, you're all right, you know. And so even to that point that they respect me enough, you know, to not curse frequently and not to do it around me frequently, or even when I say, oh, okay, okay, that's burning my ears, that then they say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, because they're not conscious of it. So, you know, is is God working on you with that thing? you know, as far as the respect is concerned, or is that true of you, that your family and your friends respect you? Here's number 10, then I'm going to take comments, and then I'm going to close it out. Number 10, when I speak, when I speak, do people listen? When I speak, do people listen? See, potential leaders have a holding court quality about them. I like that, a holding court quality about them. When they speak. People listen. Other people may talk a great deal, but nobody listens to them. They're making a speech. They're not giving leadership. Amen. So here's the last one. When I speak, do people listen? So, and it gives this distinction that potential leaders or leaders have a holding court quality. Holding court meaning that I got your attention that if we were in a court of law and the attorney was standing up to speak, that everybody's listening, there's nobody talking. Or even when the judge is sitting on there and everybody's listening. And once in a while you get some people that's trying to talk over him, he said, all right, contempt, court, I'm going to put you away. But that everybody is silent and everybody is listening. I even like the old uh, commercial that talks about E.F. Hutton, that, you know, when they when they talk, Everybody listens. And so the same thing is the quality that we should have, is that when we speak, do people listen? Are people listening? And, and many times I've said I've said things to people and, and, and I've shared uh, the word of God with people and never thought they were listening. And then later on they come back and they said, well, you remember you said? And I was like, oh, you was listening. 
So it's important also to know uh, that when we say things, that people are listening to us, that people are taking notes. They may not be writing it on paper, but they do remember what you say. And so it is very important as a leader uh, that we're just not talking, but also that in our speech we are recognizing and knowing that everything that we say and we do for the word of uh, for God is, is that we are um uh, being the leaders that we're called to be. So on tonight, I'm going to open up in a few minutes and we're going to be done, but these are some questions that you might want to think about from all this that we went through. Number one, in which of these 10 areas do you feel strongest and which would you like to become a better, uh, to become uh, stronger in? And number two, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, what is necessary for a person to win a race and apply this to leadership. And then number three is how is leadership a business environment, how is leadership in a business environment different from leadership in a church, amen. So those are some of the things that you want to, you know, think about and really think about, am I ready to lead? The question is, are you ready to lead, amen. Minister Valerie has been commenting, amen, through this, uh, five and six, amen. She says five and six, I think are uh, the same uh, in the sense that the responsibility of a leader is to finish the job no matter what else happens. Amen. And number seven, she says, I'm working on this. Amen. And then uh, she says that this may be a work in progress. However, respect is more important than having peers like you. Amen. I like that. Amen. Praise God. So uh, on tonight, uh, I'm going to open it up. If there are any other comments uh, just from the things that we said on tonight, amen, and then we'll close it out in prayer. Amen. Praise God. So we are so excited, and I pray that this lesson has been a blessing unto you. And we thank God that we made it all the way through this lesson. Amen. And that it will be recorded. So if you want to go back over the questions, uh, and then also uh, I'm going to put on the uh, website and print print out this study sheet uh, so that you can have it and reflect back over it. I think it was a good lesson to, in, in just understanding uh, and questioning if I'm ready to leave. Definitely God is working on us constantly, always, and, and some things that he is working on us with and some things that he is grooming us uh, for a season and to prepare. But uh, I believe that as leaders and as he continually grows up in us, that we move into a supernatural state to the point that we move into a spiritual state, not just to become leaders because we do it routinely. We know how to do different things. We know how to orchestrate. We know how to put things together. But to become a spiritual leader, to tap into the spirit of God so that God can do some miraculous work and that we can see some change. That is not the same old same old, but we can actually see a supernatural move from God. Amen. So we thank God on tonight uh, for the opportunity, amen, to just give him praise and and to give him glory for what he's done. We thank God also for what he's doing with the bridge. I truly and believe and know that God has called us for such a purpose and that he has given us the tenacity and the strength to endure that he started us out on a foundation, amen, and that was foundation was his word uh, for us to go. 
and that he is building up in us so that we can be uh, those iron, have that iron will and to be uh, that, that, that structure, that infrastructure to be able to hold up the walls because when he begins to build up the walls and he begins to build up the edifice, that there is a strength that is holding everything together. And, and you just don't have one beam. You have many beams when you're building a, a, a structure. And all those beams come together, and they come together in unity to hold the walls up. Amen. And I believe and, and believe that even with the bridges that what God is doing is that he's putting those strong beams together to be able to hold up the walls because once the beams are together and the, the strength of the beams are there, then you can erect everything else. And everything else, then, it just comes in. It comes in as like interior decorating, just beautifying everything else. But behind that, uh, behind those walls and, bet- and behind the interior decoration is the structure, is the beams that's holding um, uh, holding us together. Amen. So we just give uh, God praise and glory. We're going to pray on tonight. Uh, amen. Thank you, Minister Valerie. It was a great study on tonight, and uh, we're just going to pray God on tonight. I know that there are some prayers that are to be lifted up on tonight for our family and our friends. There are so many uh, of us that are going through so many challenges, amen, and so we're just going to lift up those uh, on tonight as well, and then the challenges that we're going through, maybe financial challenges and, and other situations that we're really trying to deal with right now, but we know that we can turn it over to the Lord. Is there another comment? Amen. So we're going to pray on tonight, and we're just going to, so as you have in your mind, your family and your friends and and people that have asked you to pray, I want you to think on them as we we go to the Lord in prayer on tonight. Heavenly Father, we just bless your holy name, and we thank you for you are great and worthy to be praised. And we pray even on tonight that you are raising us up and as as you're molding us in from a a phase of leadership uh, and making us stronger, making us to have that iron will, but most importantly, that we're spiritual leaders, not just leaders, not leaders with a title, not just leaders because we know how to do things routinely, but, Lord God, that we are spiritual leaders, that we are tapped into the spirit of God, that we hear your voice, and that we're able to discern those that are those that things are true and not true, and to be able to deliver your word, no matter what, no matter who believes us, no matter, no matter who goes or doesn't go, but to stand on your word because we know your word is true. And we're praying, Lord God, for family and friends on tonight. Lord God, those that are going through right now, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus and we declare it to be true because you've given us the power to speak those things that are not as though they already were. So we're speaking right now that our family is blessed. We're speaking right now that our friends are blessed. We're speaking right now that our finances are blessed. We're speaking right now that even our lives are blessed, that we are blessed abundantly more than we could ever ask for a thing. And we're standing up under the window of heaven and the blessings are pouring out right now, even more room that we can't even receive, but everybody that's around us is getting blessed right now. And the reason that we say that is because we say so, because you said so, so I know so. So in the name of Jesus, we know, God, that you're doing a mighty work with this ministry. We know, Lord God, that you have taken us through the stages, that you've trained us, Lord God, that you build a solid foundation, and you made us to be iron-wheeled, solid structures, and that you're bringing the unity together. You're unifying those strong leaders, those leaders 
leaders that will sacrifice, Lord God, and give unto you, not to be worried about a title, not to be worried about their position, Lord, to be concerned about your people. And so we thank you on tonight that you're building us up and you're leading us and directing us. And as you're building that structure and that now the walls are being erected, now the edifice is being built, now the interior decorating is going in so that others may come and see your glory. And so we thank you for that and we give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for the dominion, power, and authority that you've given in our voice. And Lord, we're going to use it and we're going to declare and we're going to walk by faith and not by sight and declare those things that are that are that we cannot see in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the blessings. We're going to give you praise in advance because you said as your praises go up, then your blessings come down. So we know in order for us to get the blessings that we got to give you a praise. So we're going to give you praise on the stuff that we can't see, but the thing that we know that you are God and that you have spoken a word of promise over our lives. And we're going to receive that promise right now in the name of Jesus. So we bless your holy name. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Again, this has been Minister T. I have been delighted and happy to be with you on tonight, and I'm glad that you shared with us. Again, this is the Bridge Network. For those that are going to catch this recording, it will be in due season when you hear this word from God. And know that we are over at University Church at 5655 South University in Chicago on Sundays at 1.30. If you want to come and check us out, we're in the upper room. Amen. So you can come and worship with us. Don't forget that in the mornings, we have prayer call Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. If you want to tap in, you can call at 559-726-1000, and the code is 304-585. And, of course, we're here on Mondays at 7.30, and you can tap into our life application study series. So on next week, we're going to continue. We're almost finished up with our leadership series, and so next week we'll finish up. And next week, we're going to be talking about the five hidden costs of leadership, the five hidden costs of leadership. So the question is, are you willing to pay them? Hmm. So read John 12, 23 through 26, and be ready for a discussion on next week. God bless you, and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.